Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sporting for His Glory. Today we have another amazing guest. It's Abigail Irosaru. Abigail is such an amazing athlete, honestly. Abigail is an Olympic long jumper. To mention some of her achievements, she was a finalist at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. She's a multiple British indoor and outdoor champion. In 2019, she came seventh at the IAAF World Athletics Championships in Doha and seventh at the European Athletics Championships in Glasgow. Many of these feats even being after a return from retirement in 2018. And outside of sports, Abigail is a speaker and mindset coach and so much more as I'm sure we'll get on to so thank you so much Abigail for being with us today oh thank you for that introduction I really appreciate it I love being called amazing thank you so much <laughs> and it's also really been great to actually follow you you know as an athlete uh, you know I'm just a huge fan of sports so I've loved to watch you over the years competing and it's also great to actually be able to connect you know this year and like last year through the Women's Sports Trust and Locked Programme and at the Commonwealth Games as well which is just so amazing being able to be around athletes that I literally just watch from a distance. Absolutely I mean I I agree. It was lovely to connect with you, like really probably for the first time properly in person at the Commonwealth Games and the holding camp. And I was watching you doing your starts. You're working with one of my previous coaches, Frank Atto, and he was just overseeing things, probably going, go, clicking the start or whatever that looks like. And and I know that we spoke about this on my podcast, Define Your Success, but like about that one team approach to um, of the Commonwealth Games. It wasn't just uh, able-bodied athletes or whatever mm-hmm. we want to call ourselves. We also had athlete, wheelchair users, disability athletes, Paralympians and Olympians, I guess, coming together. And I think that was a beautiful way to do things. Yeah, it was so amazing. Yeah, such an amazing experience, definitely. So before we start off properly with the questions, as always, we usually start the podcast with a prayer for you guys, our wonderful listeners. Thank you, Lord, again for today, for this great moment of being able to talk about you, to talk about how you changed our lives, how we glorify you through sport. Lord, I really pray for those who are listening. I really pray that they'll be impacted by this conversation, that they'll be encouraged and empowered to glorify you in their sport and be, you know, they'll have that strength to keep going in sport despite the ups and downs that they face in sport as well Lord and for all those who are listening even those who aren't necessarily athletes I really pray that they'll just come to know you more deeply as well through this conversation and I thank you also for Abigail for all the great things you're doing in her life Lord how she represents you in everything that she does and how she really shines your light in her life so thank you Lord so much for this moment in Jesus name amen amen Fab. So our first question is, how did your sporting journey actually begin and why was it the long jump that you decided to get into? Right. How did my sporting journey begin? I've always been involved in so many different activities when I was younger. um, My mum would just get me involved in everything from ballet to gymnastics. I did a bit of football. I was climbing trees, so organized and an organized sport and activities. And athletics was something that I fell into a little later on, probably around high school. I was 13, 14 years old at a competition with the Air Training Corps, which is like the mini RAF. And I'd competed in the 100 meters, the 200 
the relay and the long jump. And I'd like smashed every single one of the events that I did. And at the end of the long jump competition, the coach, one of the coaches on the sideline just approached me and was like, you're really good at this. Do you have anywhere to train? Do you train with somebody? I said, no, I don't do this. It's just something I've just jumped into. Um, excuse the pun. That was definitely not purposeful. And then he said, well, you should come to Sports City and train there. And, you know, I was, I was in Manchester, so it was a perfect opportunity for me to, to, to start that athletics career. I started working with him. His, his name was Ian Wiltshire. Uh, I mentioned his name recently as some uh, coach with England Athletics. It's just like, oh, I remember Ian. How's he doing? I was like, yeah, absolutely. He's a great guy. So yeah, that was where my athletics journey began. Um, being spotted, I guess, at an air training, comp- air training uh, core competition. And from there, I just started to focus more and more on, on actually training in that event. And uh, all the other activities that I was doing alongside it gradually fell by the wayside, the swimming, the gymnastics, and I started to focus more and more time on uh, jumping into a sandpit. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. Thank you. And what about in terms of your faith? When did you become a Christian and has faith always been a big part of your life? So when did I become a Christian? I became a Christian. I mean, I've I've grown up in a Christian household, like my mom and my dad. <clears throat> we would go to church every Sunday. And so it's just been like familiar. It's part of my upbringing. Uh, we at, at the churches that we would go to, what I loved about them was that they had a separate kids church, I guess, uh, say in quote marks for the young people, which meant that we weren't in the ordinary adult service and we got to connect as youth and learn about God, about Christianity on a level that would make sense to young people as opposed to you know being in a big church being overwhelmed by it all and probably not having that same um experience and growth to the level where we we were at at the time and I I just really I I loved my experience in church I I still go to uh church pretty much every Sunday unless I'm competing or traveling somewhere and even in that case I'll find a church in the local area that I'm in if I can or I'll watch online the church that I attend. So faith has been a core part of my life from from birth, I guess. And uh, I also went to a Christian school, so that was really helpful just to be connected with other like-minded Christians and to just understand more about the Bible and um, who God is. And having that personal relationship with Jesus uh, is so, so important and so central to my faith. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. And in terms of your sport, actually, like how does your faith impact what you do as an athlete as well? As an athlete, I think my faith allows me to, so in athletics, there's a lot of challenges that we're going to face. There's definitely the highs of, that you mentioned in this entry of making an Olympic final and coming back from retirement and having these big performances being top ranked in the world and in Europe and there was so much joy and fun in those highs but I think my faith really sees me through the lows more significantly than the highs because the lows of like surgery you may have injuries or the lows of underperformance 
and wonder and questioning your ability in all of those moments my faith anchors me because I remember that my identity isn't wrapped up in who I am as an athlete but who I am as as a daughter of the most high God as a child of God and that my value isn't based on what particular performance I do how far I jump into a sand pit but my value is based on who I am I know that I was I was reading the passage from Genesis chapter 2 today and it's like it talks about us being made from the dust of the earth, well, Adam, and then God breathing life into his nostrils. And I think it's that same reality, like, yes, we know that we're made from the dust of the earth and to the dust of the earth we will go. But your faith also allows you to realize that, wait, you're a precious creation. Like Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. And so I think my faith outworks itself by reminding myself of my value behind beyond what I do to who I am because I've been created for a purpose on purpose and that drives me truly does and I mean obviously it's amazing in the highs I can give thanks to God and just thank him for the gift that he's blessed me with but particularly in the low times it is um, an anchor yeah yeah exactly that's so important I love what you said about identity you know how it's really grounded in who we are and who God has created us to be and yeah not in what we do and yeah so it's an important thing to remember because it is so easy in sport isn't it to really get wrapped up in the performance and what we've got to do and I guess um yeah just that athlete life but it's knowing who we are beyond um beyond that so yeah that's really great in terms of competition, you know, navigating competition as a Christian, especially in such a competitive event like the long jump, how do you navigate, you know, your competition, those you compete against, and also the desire to win? I think that, huh, it's it's funny because obviously faith is a big part of like who I am, but it's not necessarily wrapped up in every single moment of or every single step that I take. So when I interact with my competitors or when I'm going on the field of play, then yes, there'll be, I'll be, I'll pray beforehand because I pray each morning. And especially when you're feeling anxious, it's like, you, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to be like, please God help me or um, allow me to enjoy this competition. So I think I start the day with prayer and I definitely start competitions with that mindset of just being prayerful, knowing that this is a gift that God has given to me and that actually win or lose, whatever happens, just to try to enjoy it. Because um, in the past few years, coming back into the sport was great because that first year, again, it felt new and fresh. And so there was a lot of enjoyment. But again, as the difficulties happen, sometimes the enjoyment uh, dwindles. And so... it's been important for me to just remind myself in prayer like all right whatever happens just to know that I'm I'm giving my best and and um yeah so it's not necessarily all wrapped up in in faith but it's just wrapped up in wanting to have fun and to jump far and to maximize my potential and um I think about the parable of the talents for example when I think about being competitive and that means that when I go to training, I have that mindset of like, am I being a good and faithful servant? As it mentions in Matthew, where I, God has given me my two talents, my five talents, whatever talents he's given me for this gift. Have I doubled it? 
Am I investing wisely? Am I making the right decisions when it comes to my diet, when it comes to how well I sleep, my sleep hygiene, when it comes to my mindset, when it comes to my relationships, so that I can have the highest return on this investment when it comes to competition? So at competition, because I've already done that work and because I've already thought about that, those ways in like a kind of in alignment with my faith, then hopefully competition becomes more fun because I'm just letting loose and I don't have to overthink about, overthink, overthink anything. Um, so yeah, that I, I don't really know other than that. And as it comes to like my relationship with my competitors, most of them are just wonderful people. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's not really anyone that I would say a negative word about. I enjoy competing with them, their competitors, their colleagues. It kind of, I mean, they're basically colleagues if you're thinking it, about it from like a corporate world perspective because we see these people on the circuit, around the international circuit. So it's, it's, it's you know, you give, you greet them with a hug. You say, oh, how are you doing? You ask them about the friends, the family, the children, because some of my competitors have children. So it feels like it's a reunion every time we compete together. And then you get in the zone and you focus on beating every single one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course, exactly. I I asked you that question because, you know, I've got that, got asked that before, you know, in terms of like, how do you, navigate being competitive but like you said it's really about stewarding the gifts you've been given and if you've got that talent for running for jumping it's just about giving your all to it isn't it and training hard and just being the best prepared to compete so yeah that's yes. really, that's really definitely good. nailed it you said it way more succinctly really <laughs> than I just did so I appreciate that <laughs> I've also seen that you share the verse Joshua 1 verse 9 which says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go on your website and your emails. So what is it about that verse that really resonates strongly with you? As you're saying those words, I think what springs to mind about that verse is that idea of transition, the transition of leadership, the transition of Uh, leadership of the Israelite community, the nation that God has blessed from Moses, who was one leader who led them out of Egypt, out of captivity into the wilderness, supposedly to the promised land. But because of their grumbling, he ended up dying in the wilderness and a whole generation of the Israelites ended up living and dying in in the wilderness. And so now Joshua has this mantle from, of leadership from Moses and I mean, it's scary. (laughs) He's got a lot of weight of responsibility. And I think that, I I think it's just a message for us all. We're all kind of being given the baton from one generation to the next. We're all moving into a new season. We want to move into a season from being in the wilderness, maybe from being in lack to a season of prosperity. We want to move into abundance. We're all about growth and uh, life is a challenge as much as definitely there's so much joy in it. There's also a lot of hardship. There's there's loss, there's this, there's that. And so I think those words, be strong and courageous. I probably put that in a time when uh, I was in a period of transition and I felt like I needed a bit more um, a, a firmer foundation. Maybe I just needed to know that whatever happened, God is with me and it still resonates very heavily, very deeply with me today. The idea that what is ahead, you are equipped for it 
and what is ahead you can as long as you be have strength and you just have that courage and that boldness to step forward no matter how scary or difficult it may seem leading yourself and leading others to do it and God will come alongside you and I feel like success is inevitable when you have that mindset and take those brave steps forward yeah wonderful thank you are there any other verses that um you know give you strength as a person and as an athlete that's a really good question I think it's always honestly when people ask me this question I always feel like I don't know in the moment I always feel a little bit uh flawed but I do have one now that I've just said that oh I can't think of anything suddenly one has just popped to mind it's in Psalm 91 and it I think I might even like said it out loud to myself this morning I don't know what was going through but um it I just it said um he will lift you up in his hands concerning you and he will guard you in all your ways you will tread upon the lion and the cobra the great lion and the serpent because he loves me declares the lord i will rescue him and so it's that it's basically the angels of god will protect you wherever you go wherever you place your foot so i feel like i've got this similar narrative around just needing to be protected needing to be strengthened needing to be uplifted uh knowing that no matter what challenges i face that god's with me so yeah at the moment clearly there's a bit of a pattern in the verses that I am remembering but there's so many you know rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice I think that's a really happy one that's one just about just being overflowing with joy because sometimes there's not enough of that in this world um yeah anything that talks about perseverance about being joyful about having faith there's just so many, but I guess Psalm 91 is one that stood out to me this right now, even though I can't remember the full verse properly. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for mentioning that. Yeah, it's such a great psalm. That's one of my favourite psalms, definitely. And it's true, it's that reminder that God is literally with us everywhere we go and even his angels guard us. And it, it reminds me of another uh, verse I really like, um, Psalm 34. One of the verses there says about, you know, the angel of the Lord encamping around those who fear him. And like, I always remember that. I'm always like, yeah, wherever I go, there's like an angel essentially with me. Oh, <laughs> in yeah. That yeah. You've just reminded me at the start of Psalm 91, it talks about he who dwells in the presence of the most high. Um, so yeah, it's not just about the protection, but it's also about that dwelling place. Like, where do you stay? Where do you pray? Um, is he just somewhere that you just run to in the challenges, which is completely fine, but also it's like, how can we just have that ongoing dwelling relationship? Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's another key part of my faith. I think, you know, just knowing that it's a day-to-day relationship, just like you'd have with any person that you love. You want to have those conversations. You want to check it and you don't want it to just be someone that contacts you when life is going crap or when life is going really, really good to share the highs or to share the lows, but also just to share the mundane day-to-day stuff that's happening. Yeah. And resilience also seems like a really huge part of your journey, for example, through injuries and retirement, as we've discussed. So could you tell us a bit more about some of those challenges you've had and also how you've overcome them? Yeah, so resilience is, yeah, I feel like it's unfortunately a bit of my bread and butter, but I think everybody does need to be resilient. 
is such an important skill to be able to have in life because when life unfortunately isn't always going to go our way. And I say this because um, particularly in the middle part of my career, I see it in three in thirds right now when I as well I didn't until just now, as I've said it. But I think about the start of my career, 2005 to 2012, where as a young athlete, um, things were just on the up and up. Everything was really easy. As soon as I started jumping, I was like breaking records and winning medals. And the reason I love to do it, as I think I said to you uh, in the past, is like, oh, I love to win medals. I love to meet new people. And I love to get to travel the UK. And then I got to travel Europe and the world. It was so fantastic and everything's brilliant. So rosy, sunshine. And then suddenly 2012 happened and I was like, oh, everything um, is is great. And, and I've jumped an Olympic standard and I'm graduating from uh, my, with my law degree at UCL and life is rosy. And then in a couple of weeks, everything kind of just tipped upside on, down on its head. And suddenly I wasn't going to an Olympic games, the home games that I jumped a qualifying distance for. And just everything from them between 2012 and 2016 just felt like it was rotten. And so that was like that second part of the career where I was trying as I might, things just weren't coming together. There'd be moments or glimmers of good highs, like 2015, where I became British indoor champion, jumped to PB, had got my kit through the door to go to the European, I think the European indoor championships that year. And then literally the following week, I turned my hamstring. So I've got the kit. And I'm supposed to be representing Team GB for the uh, British Athletics for the first time in such a long time. And suddenly I'm not able to go. So it felt like there were many moments where there was just so much joy and it was just snatched away. And and so that was that second part of the career. And I feel like that's where resilience really came to the fore and really became part of my story. And I realized, for example, in I had many moments of revelation. So uh, 2014, I realized, oh, wow, I'd, I hadn't really healed from the pain and the trauma trauma can be so many things you know we understand like trauma is these big disasters but yes it was a traumatic experience to think I was going to be at the Olympics and to try so hard and not be there and everything that was wrapped around that and so I didn't overcome that for example I hadn't dealt with that I just didn't feel all my feelings as how my as I coach people when I coach a mentor it's all about feel all the feels let it out have go through that period of acceptance grieve whatever you need to do so that we can move forward and take those next steps and so and so I I grew through that so resilience for me was facing those challenges and taking lessons from every single one of them in 2014, I started to understand about self-sabotage, about NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. So there were so many lessons that were learned from missing out on that Olympic Games and from the subsequent injuries and surgeries that I had in 2013, 2014 and 2015. And then in 2016, I obviously ruptured my Achilles tendon and ended up having another surgery and retiring from the sport that year. But again, there were lessons in that. I, I I do not regret at all that decision to retire. It was necessary. And, and for me, the resilience piece there was being able to pivot into something new, creating a business from zero to six figures and um, 
so many employees, well, not, I say so many employees, so I mean so many contractors, tens, 50 plus contractors with um, several employees. And um, we just grew together. There were so many, I, I call that my business PhD. I didn't go to university for business, but I learned it in that in that five plus year period. And so I feel like every challenge, every setback has allowed me to learn something and grow through that. And there's this thing called post-traumatic growth that a lot of people think it's just post-traumatic stress, but there's growth that can come after the trauma. And so it's like working our way between that space, between the trauma and the the growth. How do we achieve that? And um, it's about capturing the lessons. And that's that's basically the practice of resilience. Um, Finally, I would say when it comes to resilience, what I thought resilience was previously was just pushing through and just putting on a smile on your face and just soldiering through. That was what my the 2012, 20, 22-year-old version of Abigail thought resilience was. But I realized through those years and as I learned about NLP and coaching and all these other things, I realized, oh, wow, it's, it's a lot more than that, actually we can't suppress the feelings. They will come out eventually in other ways. They'll have manifest themselves physically, um, spiritually, emotionally, whatever. No, not emotionally because you're suppressing the emotion, but in other ways. And so, um, and so I realized, wow, like there's a different path. Feeling all the feelings has to be the beginning and having the right team around you to support you. And I kind of just created a framework that allowed me, hopefully when I look at the challenges, to be able to grow through them again and again and again. And I know um, it's going to be constantly adapting and changing. I can't just say I'm resilient and just think I've got it all figured out and going to have to continually learn and grow in this area every single year, every, you know, year on year, whenever these challenges arise, um, just knowing that. And I have to, you know, finally, because it is sporting for his glory, understand that faith has a massive 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 impact in the way that I navigate the challenges that I face and how I can overcome them as well yeah wow that's so great to hear I love how you spoke you know about the growth that we experience through difficulties as well because I think sometimes you know we can almost be afraid to go through difficult times and go through the struggles go through the really low times of sport but like you said you know we grow from that and even to hear you say about post-traumatic growth you know that yeah we can always think about the negative effects of a difficult time and not you know the positive outcome or how we develop and yeah grow as people you know from those difficult times so I love I love anything like that and yeah you've definitely encouraged me I'm definitely going to write that down somewhere (laughs) because that's really great and actually in terms of the coaching how did you get involved in coaching and yeah what is it like to be a coach Oh, wow. I mean, do you know what? I think I've always had a heart to just educate and equip people to be their best selves. I remember writing in a in a notebook years and years ago when I was thinking about purpose and all of that. My purpose is to like inspire and equip people to live their best lives, to live like, like their, their lives like they're living heaven on earth. And it's funny because I'm still trying to figure out that out for myself. So I think coaching is always kind of you trying to figure things out and then share what you've learned. And you're always just one step or two or a few steps ahead of the person that you're coaching in terms of the emotional growth that you're going through, the mental growth and, um, you know, the spiritual and physical growth. And so uh, from a young age, I started tutoring and delivering, uh, working as a teaching assistant or working in education since 2007, so since I was 17. 
And and so that's where the the business came out of that initially Manchester Chooses, that tuition agency, because it was like this natural progression. And so there I was coaching the tutors and I was working with a lot of teachers who had qualified teacher status, but were trying to struggle with like with the transition of working as a one-to-one tutor, but also understanding that I wanted my tutors to deliver more than just like the competency aspect. I wanted them to support students more than just being like oh okay um this is one plus one is two or five times five is 25 I wanted them to also um instill within a student levels of confidence and passion and engagement for the subject way beyond the subject competencies and so I I spoke with all I made sure that every single one of my tutors understood what growth mindset was they understood a little bit about Carol Dweck, the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset and the impact that that had on these young people, but also on the tutors, again, made me think, oh, wow, there's more to this. And so I started delivering, doing a bit of business coaching here and there. And I've also kind of worked with individuals. So I do a whole host of different things because I think for me personally, honestly, I'm still figuring out what my where my passion lies in terms of coaching and where I specifically want to zone in on course in business they're like you need to have a really specific and clear target market but honestly right now I love to just coach on what I call like these three facets so high performance resilience and wellness and as much as they may sound like they're three very distinct things that they they interact with one another so they're very um singular in in purpose you can't have high performance if you've not dealt with the challenge that you've previously been facing and you can't live well you can't live healthy mentally emotion holistically if you are struggling with high performance if you're not performing well in your job or if you're not performing well in your relationships or um so that they're all interlinked and that gets me excited as I'm sure you can tell I've just suddenly woken up even though and again like I said it's all linked back to my challenges and so I had the experience of facing challenges in sport and in business and you know in whole host of areas but also I love that the theory to back it up I'm all about education so I like to be equipped and upskilled which is why I have the NLP diploma I've studied CBT so compassion-based um uh therapy I've also and cognitive behavioral therapy I've also um worked kind of uh, what else I'm, I'm studying for my ILM executive coaching and I've just got tidbits here and there which I think is only going to add to my practice so yeah it excites me it it allows me, it gives me energy. Honestly, it does when I work with people and can see the growth and the change that they go through when I, when they share with me the stories of where they were to where they are now. Honestly, it's exciting. It's so exciting. So I don't even remember what the question was, but yeah, I'm super, I love coaching. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. You can tell how passionate you are when you're talking about it. And yeah, it's so great. And also, like you said, because you've got that experience behind you, I can also support what you do, but you also have the skill and the knowledge of, of it as well. So yeah, that's really great. And in terms of the coaching, actually, do you find that a lot of the things you've learned, you've also been able to apply, you know, to yourself, like, have you almost been able to, I guess, coach yourself through things, through that knowledge? Well, yes and no. I absolutely, like I said, I uh, am experiencing these things. I'm only one, two, three, a few steps ahead of the people that I'm working with and I'm still dealing with. It's not like I don't have my moments where I'm crying and floundering and stuff. And honestly, 
So that's why I say the yes of it. But the no is I'm not going to coach myself in everything. I have a coach in the athletics track. I have a coach in the weights room and I have a coach who works with me holistically. So I, just before I was on this call, I was on the call with my coach, Iris, who was absolutely wonderful. And she is actually based in the Netherlands. So we just do everything by Zoom. I've only met her once when I visited the Netherlands and we ended up meeting and that was wonderful. And so, um, so yeah, I really under- understand the importance of not just having a coach for your physical health. People understand that. They go and get a coach in the gym, a personal trainer, but it's like, what about your mind? Your mind is like leading you to make certain decisions. You're, you're saying you're stuck in certain cycles and certain patterns. For me, for example, 2012 to 2014, these cycles of failure around the same, and I started to not understand this. So in that moment, yes, I was doing a bit of self-coaching. Then I realized the importance of, okay, how can I talk this out with somebody else so that we can really push through this. And so, um, yeah, you just get more breakthroughs. There are more moments of revelation. They can clarify, you can spew out everything and then they can just clarify it. And you're like, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. You have those like moments of just, oh, oh yeah, that was it. And how can we create solutions? And so I've, I've got like my little book, my, my little notepad here where I've written a few notes from my session that I've just had and things that I'll be working on over the next week ahead of our next session. So yes and no, I learn about coaching so that I can help myself, but also to help others. And I thankfully have a coach who can help me as well. Yeah, exactly. It's the importance of a team, like you, I think you mentioned before yeah, as well, absolutely. isn't it? Just having people who, yeah, support you in different areas. And of course, we can't do it alone as well. So it's it's that importance of community and team. And actually, related to that as well, I know you mentioned that you're really active in your church and you go to your church. You're like, well, how important is that really, you know, church to you? And what is the impact of having church, I guess, as an athlete as well, even though you're traveling and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's really significant having a community in general and having a community of faith is just that extra layer deeper. And for me, I think back to 2016, which was probably one of the most difficult times that I've experienced because as much as I made that strong and courageous, <laughs> going back to Joshua 9-1-9, a decision to, uh, to retire, and as much as I don't regret it, it was so, so painful. And I genuinely was crying for months. I would go into church and I really would struggle to be able to pray or just to feel like, oh, how is this the right decision? And then I would just go into church and I'd just be crying as we're worshipping. And I'd have people around me who would pray with me and lift me up. And I'm kind of in a season which is quite difficult right now as well. And I just, I'm so thankful that I know that I have people around me who are praying for me, who are believing for me, for change, for miracles, for even just a change of disposition. And so it's it's just... Um, yeah, having a faith community for me is is so important, it's so essential. I'm so grateful for them. Yes, I have my family, but it's it's just also different because uh, my faith community, my church, they're like my family of choice. And so so yeah, there's just like you can be vulnerable. It's not just about I know that people can have like those moments where they feel maybe lost in a big church because I'm in I mean, quite a large church, but we have like small groups as well. So it's really nice to be able to connect on those granular levels to have community in those silos, I guess, but not in a negative connotation, Um, just so that you can bring your whole self, be real 
I think just as a final thought, a lot of people think about church and they think, oh, you've got to be whole and, oh, I don't like church or Christians because they expect you to be perfect. But that's the absolute antithesis of the expectation. And if you go to a church that expects you to be perfect, yeah, maybe you do need to run a mile and go somewhere else. But that is not what it needs to be. We come there broken. We are broken people. We are sinful. Uh, we Even if we you think you're the best person in the world, you know, we have there's always going to be something that we're dealing with and because we're human and we're fallible and nobody is perfect and so I love that we can just I can just be real I can just cry I can come as I am and not be judged if you're judging me you don't need to I don't need to be your friend so you know not be judged and just be supported and and that is everything that is everything yeah uh, so true yeah church is so important and it's true it's it's about being in a place that is non-judgmental as well exactly it's about coming as we are and just having that community who are just going to be there for us and yeah so so important and as we're drawing to a close now what encouragement would you give to Christians in the sports and fitness world my encouragement would be the joy of the Lord is your strength I don't know because Again, it's really hard to just give a generic encouragement without knowing the individual in their circumstance. But just speaking from if you're in a place, maybe in a position like I am, where things maybe um, on the outside aren't looking as great as you want them to be in whatever area or all areas of your life, whatever that looks like, just know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I think what that means to me when I think about that verse is that we can run to God. Like he is our strong tower. So for me, sometimes it might be difficult to pray, but I will put on a worship song and the, as I'm singing the the lyrics of that song or that praise, then actually I'm speaking the words of the Bible. And so we're praying a song to God and that gives me joy, that, that strengthens me um, even in the challenges. And it's such, it, you know, you could speak with me next week or next year or next month or a different season and it will be a different message. But I guess I can only speak from the season um, that I'm living in right now. And so I just want to encourage anybody who's maybe going through a difficult season that not that this necessarily is in the Bible, but this too shall pass, you know, well, uh, and the highs will as well, but this too shall pass. And just the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. It is. It's so important to know that, yeah, God gives us that joy. And I remember even reading a Psalm. I can't remember exactly which one it was. Uh, you probably tell I really like Psalms. <laughs> but yeah, there's a Psalm that says, it describes God as like God by exceeding joy. And I just thought that's so amazing. As you know, a description of God, God being our exceeding joy. And yeah, I just, yeah, love that so much. I love any message about joy because yeah, joy being a fruit of the spirit, you know, it's true, you know, joy really strengthens us. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I think that's, uh, I'm just, yeah, I just think when I think about um, joy and happiness, that's always like my vision just for just that to live in joy and happiness all the time because I'm such someone if people when you know me like you'll know that people are like why are you laughing so loudly or why are you laughing at that because I do love to laugh and so I love opportunities to be able to express joy in those different ways so yeah uh, um yes I just want more of that so if you want to give me some like, uh, what do you call it? TV shows or that you find funny that uh, I can watch right now. That'd be amazing because I could do with a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, lastly, do you have anything else on your heart to share with us? Do I have anything else on my heart to share? I do not, apart from um, just to say thank you so much for the opportunity to share my faith in this sporting context on your wonderful podcast, Sporting for His Glory. And it would be amazing if your listeners, if they want to listen to other conversations or even listen to the conversation that I had with you, Carrie, on um, disability and also on your perspective of sport and what you've been doing because you studied at university and just like learning a bit more about you because obviously you're the interviewer here. People don't know you. But if you want to hear more about Carrie and others, then yeah, check out my podcast, Define Your Success. I hope that's okay to plug it on yeah, here. Yeah, of course. But yeah, um, yeah, I just I just like to share interesting stories as well. But of course, it's from a different context than yours. And I, I just I just love what you're doing, honestly. And I think that's my message. Just keep doing it. It's It's incredible what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much and yeah guys definitely check out Abigail's podcast because it's really good I really enjoyed being on there and it's also great to see just the great conversations going on there as well so definitely have a look at that yeah. so that's it um, I hope that you guys are really really encouraged by this conversation and yeah I hope you have a wonderful day whatever you're doing and I think the takeaways really are just joy you know remember that the joy of the lord is your strength and remember that the ups and downs you know you're going to face difficult things in sport of course but know that god will give you strength perseverance and help you to be resilient and know that you can grow through those difficult times as well so yeah see you guys on the next episode bye, bye.